You're listening to Indie Live Radio's Yes Group Spotlight series. And once more, the spotlight is on Grassroots Oban. This time they've organised a panel discussion on a new constitution for Scotland, or even a people's constitution for Scotland. We're very pleased to be able to broadcast the content to you now. Um, thank you again, Grassroots Oban. So, here we go. Welcome to Indie Live Radio and the next of our Yes Group Spotlight programmes. And this week we are listening in to an event organised by Grassroots Oven. It's called Shaping Our New Country and it's a panel discussion with the trustees of the charity Constitution for Scotland. Constitution for Scotland was established to enable the people of Scotland, that's us, to have an informed debate on the future constitution, assuming we get past the first hurdle of a successful vote for independence. They have their own website, Constitution for Scotland, you can get more information there. As ever, we're really grateful to Grassroots Oban people for letting us have access to this event and allowing us to broadcast it here on Indie Live Radio. Thank you once more. So, here we go. And thank you in particular to the four trustees of Constitution for Scotland, Bob Ingram, to meeting. Thank you very much. Right, good evening, folks. Thanks for this opportunity to share some of our thoughts on preparing for independence. Allow me to introduce my co-trustees, John Hutchison from Fort William, Lorraine Cowan from Addingston, and Ronnie Morrison from Helensborough. Now let me start by providing a little background to this constitutional debate. 11 years ago, a group of some 22 Scots took the decision to draft a written constitution rather than just talk about the need for one. After some two and a half years, the results were assessed by Dr. Elliot Bomar, who at that time was a research director for the Scottish Constitution Commission, chaired by John Drummond. Elliot considered that the drafted document was 93% of the way to a working constitution but should be put to a public review. And we attempted to do that, but we received no backing from Holyrood. And since then, the original draft constitution has been periodically reviewed and updated to meet developing constitutional needs. With independence for Scotland, now regarded in many quarters as a minute, there's a pressing need for a written constitution to be ready and capable of implementation on Independence Day. A constitution provides the fundamental law affecting all aspects of our lives, everything. Additionally, a constitution is in effect a job description for the politicians who govern us. Of the five drafted constitutions for Scotland currently in circulation, only the constitution for Scotland's version is offering an opportunity for those who are to be governed to contribute to the content like yourselves. We do this through CONSUL, a well-established, internationally recognised and United Nations commended consultation platform. Tonight, we're going to show you how to get involved to help build 
our constitution. Now, historically in Scotland, the people are the supreme authority. And it therefore lies with the people of Scotland to decide on what form their governance should take. In global terms, Scotland is an average-sized country. Now, as a devolved nation, Scotland already has in place, either wholly or partially, around 80% of the governmental institutions required for self-governance. So where does the authority to govern us currently come from? Who endorses the rules and regulations by which our politicians operate? Where is the constitutional highway code? In today's devolved Scotland, it is solely politicians who set out the rules and regulations by which we are governed. Yet, as we've seen all too often in politics, power tends to corrupt. Therefore, there should be enforceable limits to regulate the conduct of those who wield the political power. Limits that should be set out in a written constitution, predetermined by those who elect. The Constitution for Scotland's modal constitution has been formulated in understandable terms to stimulate debate on specific proposals with clear, easy-to-follow guidelines on how to participate on the website. The interactive consultation will enable you to read either the summary or the full modal constitution. You can choose to read the summary and then use the quick vote facility. Then you can proceed to read all of the 174 sections contained within the 15 articles. Or you can use the links provided to locate an area of interest. And from that section, click the amendment and comment panels. Where you may add your own ideas and comment on those of others. You'll be able to return to see the latest vote counts or update your own input and vote. And you can tell others to do so as well. Now this might all sound a bit daunting, but remember, the site is a two-year conversation to dip in and out of as events develop. The Constitution for Scotland is a registered charitable body, is not connected to any political organization, and the platform is available to anyone on our website at www.constitutionforscotland.scot. Let me end this introduction with the hope that the current COVID-19 pandemic and the environmental crisis have provided clear lessons on what can occur when we fail to adequately prepare for the future. Thank you for listening. My fellow trustee Lorraine will down demonstrate the use of the interactive platform. Over to you, Lorraine. Okay, so what we have here is the Constitution for Scotland um, website, where this is where you can register for an account um, on the consultation site. There are, in fact, two sites. There's the, the website, and then there's the hub, and the hub is where you will um, input your ideas, suggestions, comments, etc. So the first thing you have to do is to register for an account. 
a fairly simple and straightforward um, process, the same way as you register for accounts with most other uh, websites. If I then go to sign in, once you're registered, you can sign in. Okay, that's me in. So what we have here is the Constitution for Scotland Public Consultation Hub. So if we have a look across the top here, Model Constitution, Quick Vote, Articles Index, Help, always useful, uh, Moderation, which just lays out the moderation guidelines, and the guidelines for users. Everyone will have to have a look at uh, the guidelines for users and read through them. If we go back to the Model Constitution, it has taken us into the hub. So here is the box that uh, Bob spoke about in terms of putting in a search term. You then search the constitution and it will take you directly to if you have a particular area of interest. What we have below here are the summary articles. There are 15 articles. And these are then further broken down. Here's article one broken down into 12 sections. Okay, so if you multiply the 15 by approximately 12, you can see that what is 174 Bob we end up with? Aye, that's the latest count. Aha, so uh, it could be quite a lot to take in all at the one time. So we would suggest that you take it a bit at a time. You can download a PDF and print out sections as you wish, because I know that some people, myself included on occasion, it can be difficult to read too much on screen. We then have the quick vote. So if having looked through the articles in summary here, you are in broad agreement with um, the fundamental ideas behind the model constitution, then you can do the quick vote. But as it says there, this in no way affects your freedom to comment amend and vote on any or all of the individual sections. So if we go to quick vote, you can participate in the poll and see whether or not you are broadly in favour of this idea of the model constitution. If, however, we want to comment, amend and vote on individual articles, we go to the articles index. We'll just go straight to Article 1, which deals with supreme authority, sovereign territory, citizenship and immigrants. So let's look at the latest comments. Mm -mm -mm. Pick one, there's one with six comments. So let's have a look here. So this section deals with citizenship and states all persons, including adopted children who were UK citizens immediately prior to independence and are born in Scotland or were legally resident in Scotland independence will become citizens of Scotland. So that is the original version. Okay, uh, almost immediately, Nick has put in an amendment. Now, What he could have done, and I would suggest maybe should have done at the very early stage, is comment 
only when you, as a participant in this, have a very clear idea. We want to spark debate, so we want people to comment and become involved in this. Um, what he has put in uh, deals with the rose, people retaining dual or much multiple nationality and is asking them to make an oath of loyalty. Um, several people have commented on this, saying it is rather restrictive. So what can you do? Well, what you can do, if I can move this out of the way, is if you're in agreement with the original se um, section, you can vote on it. Okay, so I've voted thumbs up. It's given me seven thumbs up, one thumbs down. If I subsequently change my mind and decide that I don't actually like that section, I can change it and it changes it from a seven to one to a six to two you only get one vote in any section. And if you change your mind, your original vote comes off. Okay. Um, if you want to comment on what Nick has said, simply press here and type in your comment. When you're happy with what you've said, publish the comment. If you come across any comments that you think are inappropriate, or offensive, flag them, and the monitors will check these out and make a decision about whether or not we remove them. If, for example, you wish to propose an amendment, come down to the bottom here. The first thing you have to do is confirm that you have read the guidelines before it will let you do anything. And then you would input a headline which would give a very brief brief descriptive overview of what the changes that you're, you're proposing to make you must then submit your proposed amendment and you can't just put in the change that you want to make you have to formulate it in the same way for example as this is so if you are making an addition to this you would copy and paste this whole section and then down in the proposed amendment add in the bit that you want very briefly i want to have a look public finance domestic currency central bank and funding um so here's again is another section that i looked at earlier there are four comments. So the original version states, the government is required to raise a significant proportion of its public revenues in the form of ground rent or an equivalent form of land taxation from Scotland's greatest natural asset, namely its land, its airspace, and the seas under Scottish jurisdiction. There are several comments that have been made but as yet, no proposed amendments. And the point here is that there's been a comment and there's been several people in agreement. But until this is turned into a proposed amendment, you can't vote on it. So there are times where it's appropriate to make comments. And there then comes a time where it's, it's 
it's appropriate to make it a, a proposed amendment so that people can actually vote on it. Okay. If any time you have any problems, any issues or any questions, you can always go to the help tab and you can contact us at info at constitutionforscotland.scot. Does anyone have any questions? Right, thank you, Lorraine. As you appreciate, folks, it may sound an awful lot, but in reality, when you just work through it, it's relatively simple. So, has there anyone got any general comments that you'd like to make? Any questions you'd like to answer? I would like to say something, okay? All of you. I feel it's very accessible and people may put in differing comments. Well, I feel, you know, I've never seen this before. That's why I'm saying it. I feel you could have a lot of different opinions. How do you get it narrowed down for a vote? Well, what we're going to do is when people put in proposed amendments, we will look at those on, say, a monthly basis. If we see ones that are starting to gain some traction, mm -hmm. then they'll be left on. If there are other ones, however, that are just nonsense, yes. ill-advised, inappropriate or offensive. Oh, so it's super yes. yes, I see what you mean, yes. Thank you. Um, can I ask a question, Bob? How, how, many, um, how many people have you got signed on so far? Have you, because I assume you need quite a, quite a good variety of people. Yes, there's quite a, a variety and uh, we're welcome anybody and everybody. We have no objections to anyone, as long as they're polite, as long as they're actually uh, putting a, a positive uh, comment through or eventually, after a number of uh, comments, a proposed amendment. It is As long as it's done in accordance with the guidelines, we're welcome anyone to enter into the conversation, because this is a conversation. It's not something that's going to just uh, happen overnight. As Lorraine says, periodically, we in the administration, we will actually overlook the, uh, the various proposed amendments and uh, very much dependent on how the, the votes go is what decision we take, whether to leave them in or leave them out. I would at this stage say that over the years, we have had one general policy. Any changes have to be done on a majority basis. There is no one person saying, ah, oh, I'm overruling everybody else. There must be positive votes for before any proposed amendment is accepted. Can I just put in here um, very quickly? As Bob said earlier, this is a two-year conversation that we're looking to have. We are looking for as many people, as many Scottish citizens as possible to become involved in this process. We want everyone to have their say. Now, when you say constitution to most people, they just look blankly at you. 
But once you start looking out at specific examples, believe me, they suddenly have an opinion. And there will be parts of it that you are more enthused about or have stronger opinions about. That's fine. You can decide that you only want to comment on those or vote on those. Um, but once you get into this, it will, <laughs> it will suck you in. We want as many people as possible with as many opinions. And even if it ends up as something quite different from what we have originally formulated, that's fine by us. Thank you. Uh, Raymond? Right, that's what I mean. Right, once, uh, how, how is the intention to bring this to the attention of the Scottish Government? and persuade them to take it on board, because I feel it's such an important aspect to take through in the votes uh, to a referendum or a plebiscite election. The Scottish Government already know about it, but they have actually made no contact. And we keep, we have in fact kept them in touch with what we're doing, but we've had no response from them whatsoever. So how do you plan to overcome that? By weight, sheer weight of numbers, as and when there are more and more people involved in the Constitution, then there will be comments, and that in turn will put pressure on the government to respond. It's the only meaningful way to do it. Uh, plus a petition. We could also consider a petition at a later stage, yes. Thank you. Uh, hi there, Colin Morrison here. Uh, did you start from scratch with this or is it modelled on any country or countries? When we first started this off, uh, there were uh, a team of about seven and then we expanded out. And the condition we actually put in for the people who are coming in, that they must read the constitutions of at least three countries. Over the years, I would say that I've read the constitutions of approximately 28. There is no common denominator. There is no regular set format to a constitution. The actual range of, contact, of content is absolutely phenomenal. Some have uh, just a few uh, pages. Others have hundreds of pages. <laughs> We have to make up what we want to cover the requirements of our country. Can I, can I ask a question? Certainly. Yeah. Um, if after independence, whatever government is in place wants to draft their own constitution and start again, um, is that possibly likely to happen? I've no idea, but it's quite possible. Anybody can actually start a, con a constitution and the, the current government have two, or actually three, one interim and two regular ones. But uh, the, the point is that unless we, the people, have direct input into the constitution, what politicians write suits politicians, doesn't suit the people. It's one of the things that I've, you see the trend when you read multiple, uh, the constitutions of multiple countries. Some have been written by politicians for politicians. Yeah. 
And uh, we want a constitution which has been written by the people for the nation. Iceland, actually, uh, the people there, all 380,000 of them, they collectively wrote a constitution which did not suit the actual uh, politicians at all. And to this day, the politicians have sat on it, never accepted it. Mm. Yeah. There's only one way you can stop that, is vote them out. Would the constitution, if it's this one um, or another, would that be put to the, a vote after independence? I would assume yes. Yeah. It, it should actually be authorised before we go independent, bearing in mind that once we actually um, initiate proceedings with the, the London government to uh, separate, there's going to be a, a two to three year transition period. Yeah. And it's during that period when we want Holyrood to set up all the, inst all the in institutions which are not already in position. Yeah. And Including we want to agree a constitution. Yeah. We don't want to leave it to the politicians on their own. It's a joint effort. Good. Thank Our you. purpose is to make sure that we have the weight of numbers behind this so that they can't ignore it. Yes, that's the only thing politicians really worry about is the votes, which is why we are actually talking to you so that you can get involved and tell your friends and they can get involved so that we spread it. It's not going to happen overnight, but it will uh, slowly start to grow and we need to build momentum. Any other questions? Well, it's a bit restricted to your articles or your sections and, you know, you can comment on them, but you can't add anything. Exactly, because that, that's, that's not what we want, because we're not claiming, you know, a prerogative on wisdom here and um, and uh, without making you know, too 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 big a point on the whole, on the whole issue, um, what what we are trying to offer offer here um, is not so much you know the draft constitution, but it's the process of involving all the people. And as others have said, um, I mean we can't really control what any future government might do with no. this. But but if if we can go forward saying there are you know X thousand people mm -hmm. uh, have been involved and endorsed this thing, then they can't really ignore that because the expectation is that there probably would be a constitutional convention or a national convention or uh, I can see this might be the business of a citizen assembly. I just don't really know. We can't, we're not in control of what a future government would do. But if we're able to go along and say, you know, there's so many tens of thousands of people actually behind this, uh, then that has to get it off to a good start. And, and we can do no more than that. Well, I mean, what, one of my main problems is that I do not wish to campaign to get ourselves out from a sovereign parliament to vote for another sovereign parliament. No, we're all anxious about that, and we've, we've watched what's happened elsewhere, and, and when Bob's um, mentioned uh, Iceland there, and, and if you get a chance to see it, there's a super film called Blueberry, it's a Blueberry Soup, I think it's called, yeah. about the process <laughs> that the Icelanders went, went through, and they went through it all in good faith, and... Uh, Facebook and everything, they had village hall meetings and they, and they came up with this constitution and uh, the parliament said no thanks. So, um, you, you know, it's got, to be people, it's got to be people power. Yeah, I agree. 
Thank you very much. John? Um, first of all, I've never come across this before, and I think it's very exciting. And a major reason for that is that it seems to me to be a, an, a, an early and perhaps even a unique example of um, using um, um, information technology to get a genuine uh, public participation into something. And I, I, I think this is extremely interesting um, and very important. And I just wondered whether um, we're the first in the field or whether you've actually got um, any examples of people trying to do this already? Um, because I don't think the Iceland one was like that, was it? No. I just wondered, you know, is there anybody else at it as well? Because it would be useful to, to see how they, how they, especially if they're in front of us, how they've, how they've been getting on, you know. As far as we know, we're the first in the field. Mm. The, the console website has been used for single issue participation before. Mm. But that would be equivalent to one of our sections. Mm. The fact that we've got 174 of them has never been achieved before. So we're leading the field again. Thanks Bob, can I just add that it's worth a wee look at the console website. It's just, just do a search on console and then I'm looking at it just now and it's been used in 35 countries, um, 135 institutions and 90 million citizens in these countries. So. So the principle of using this software for uh, public consultation is well established. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty certain the Scottish Government has used this platform. Ronnie might help me on that, but I'm pretty sure the Scottish Government has used it uh, as well. So, I mean, that's a useful um, attribute too. Thanks. Uh, I was wanting to know if, if the only way to take part and learn was by going online. At the moment, yes. It is the actually only way at the present moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, mean, I have to, to help Bob here. I mean, we did have in mind for uh -huh. setting out a, you know, a programme of village hall meetings, of course, pre, pre COVID, and uh, but that's <laughs> obviously knocked on the head. But uh, of course, yes. and, and we also spoke about, um, you know, having you know good enough IT that people, you know, we, we could put a terminal in a village hall. And people would be free for mm. or so to have a wee look through what's there and we could demonstrate it. But anyway, that's you know not yeah, it's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can I talk about publicity a wee bit, Bob, just when we're uh, there's a wee gap? It's just um we were talking about um, you're trying to get the word out to uh, to other people. Now clearly we got into uh, the national when we launched. Um, we're also in a, a publication called Sur Alapa, which is Free Scotland, that's published by the uh, Edinburgh Yes Hub. Some of you may uh, get that, some of you may have seen it. Um, we've put a piece just uh, away today uh, to iScot, so we're expecting to be in iScot uh, next month. Uh, we're speaking to Scots Independent as well, uh, and we're also trying to get uh, a regular uh, position in, in the national uh, as well. So what, what we're really trying to pursue here is to keep this uh, opportunity in, in the public eye uh, because it's an ongoing thing, you know, in word of mouth, yes groups, etc. Uh, I think Bob's also speaking to the yes registry, uh, trying to get into source direct and things like that. So over a period of, of weeks, you know, we need to get the word out 
uh, and get people to have a shot at this because whilst it looks daunting at first, um, if, any, if anyone has, has um, put comments in a you know in a newspaper in a newspaper article, it's just exactly the same as that. You go to the bottom of the article, you put in your comment, you post your comment. It's just really straightforward. So, so we're working at that at the moment, trying to get the word out uh, to people. Thank you, John. Thanks, Paul. Any other comments, folks? Anyway, I know that Mark Minot, Dr. Mark Minot, has been working on a constitution. And there's another guy in Brussels, just refers to somebody else who asked the question earlier. I think it's Brussels, there's a, but he, he's trying to sell books, I think. Um, but he's a constitutional expert. So I don't know if you've been in touch with these guys. Yes. That's Elliot uh, Boomer, who was actually our mentor in the original days. Oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, Dr. Matt Nott, we've actually had a couple of meetings with him as well. So yes, we've okay. been in contact with him. Okay, that's fine. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got Valerie wanting to ask a question. Do you see this as something that could be worked through with the Citizens' Assembly any time in the future? Yes, I, I think it should. it's an essential part of that because they're looking at the key issues. And as and when it goes on to their agenda, I, I do not know. But the more people we can get involved in it, the larger the movement, then the more likelihood it is going there. But it, yes, it will need to be discussed in full at an official level. And hopefully, eventually, it'll go to a national convention where they can actually formalize it before it actually goes to parliament for a formal I think, Bob, if I could comment on, on the Citizens' Assembly, in, in my mind at least, I, I would hope that that would be quite a way, quite a distance down the road, Valerie, um, in, in that if, if we, if it goes to Citizens' Assembly, I think the expectation is that something would go in there and, and come out, you know, after the prescribed period, and that would be the matter settled. So personally, and we haven't really got a position on this, I don't think, Personally, I would rather it's out to the broader public first and it runs for several months. And then the upshot of that could then go perhaps to a Citizens' Assembly to, to try to get a, you know, a clear endorsement at the end of the day. But if we go too quickly to Citizens' Assembly, I think that potentially deprives the general public of a shot. I was just thinking of, of the fact that you were saying that you've, you've had no response from the government at all. Um, how would it be for, to actually send a letter out to every elected member, um, both the MP, well, probably MSPs, but we could send them to the MPs as well. I'm um, just thinking that um, this group is, is Grassroots Open and we're just one of the YES groups, but Grassroots Open is, is part of um, YES Highlands and Islands, which is a network of 14, I think it might be 15 groups now. And there are other regional groups around the country being set up of the individual groups. Maybe if we approached, or if you approached the the regional groups to to see if they would be willing to send out letters to the elected members, see what response we have. Indeed, we've actually made a presentation to Yes Highland, and uh, they advised us that they would be contacting their various groups about it. Um, but at this stage in time, I would I'd prefer to that we wait until we build numbers and momentum mm -hmm. and in the meantime we want to actually get the momentum throughout the groups rather than take um, 
a deliberate line to the government. Yeah. Could you consider making a, a sh very, very short introduction video that we could play on Independence Live? And um, I'm more involved with Indie Live Radio, but you could have a, a small sound bite with uh, location for people to search and that we could play on Indie Live Radio as well. Yes, we have, Lorraine is actually working on that. And if you would possibly uh, send in your uh, email address, then we can make contact with you. We certainly, I'm sure Lorraine would appreciate any assistance she can get. No problem. Thank you. Can I just put it in, um, it on our, um, our YouTube channel as well, which for those who want to find out about that is called Yes Argyle. It is our understanding that there is an awareness at the, the top of um, government as to, as to what we're doing. But at this point in the whole independence tra trajectory, um, I don't think the obviously want to become directly involved. And to be honest, we don't want them to be involved either because our focus is on creating something where the people of Scotland, the people who live and work here, actually get to determine what it is a new Scotland will become. And we don't want to put that into the, the hands of the politicians. Could I add a wee point to Lorraine's uh, remarks there? Very good, Ronnie. I think if you look into a crystal ball, we're going to have a completely different set of politicians when we uh, get independence. Um, we're going to have another election. I don't know, it may be two, three, four, five years hence, I don't know. But I would like to envisage that one day we can go to the hustings and ask these politicians, um, have you heard of the Constitution for Scotland, Mr. Candidate? And if you haven't, why not? And if you have, what do you think of it? And are you prepared to endorse it when it needs to go to legislation in the first parliament of an independent Scotland? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but Bob, can I just highlight something in the uh, in the chat? I don't know if everybody's looking through the, the chat, but quite often there's a lot of uh, pearls of wisdom in there. And I just wanted to uh, highlight the comment from uh, Brige and Colin. And um, I mean, this is what I've been finding as well. As soon as you say constitution to people, you know, their eyes glaze over and they think about arguments and committees and, you know, this thing and, and that thing and folk falling out with each other and, and the like. But um, I think this is the best way to put kind of flesh on the vision for the future of the country, because I think the doorstep question is, well, the doorstep observation is, you know, you kind of do this or you kind of do that. Or the question is, but how would you do this? And how would, how would it be different from just now? So if you can then point a constitution to say, well, actually what we're thinking about for citizenship or what we're thinking of about uh, for trade union rights is in uh, article so-and-so. And that's that's what we're really trying to um, convince you of. So and I, and I personally think that if you're, if you're looking for a vote from someone uh, in some sort of way, the need to know what they're, voting for and 
you know, this constitution goes a long, long way to that. It's not, it's not really a manifesto, but it's, it's a description of what it might be like, and people will either like this vision or, or they won't. So I think that's the big thing here, because as soon as you say, as I have done, I'm involved in you know, con this constitution group, uh, the folk who know me say, well, well, that's the kind of thing that would appeal to you, you know, you like that sort of stuff, which is true to a degree, but um, I think that's the big important thing. This actually starts to describe what the country, how the country could be. Just a, a point, um, Bob, you're absolutely right. It's wonderful to see a constitution. I think one of the things that's, that's just invisible, this will allow us to allow people on the doors to visit an independent Scotland. We're asking them now what did they want in their constitution. So the argument is done about if or what. This is positive action. And I believe this transcends any political party. I think, of course, you can't have enough politicians, but I would say that, wouldn't I? But um, it, this is a grassroots and the people are sovereign. And I think we, we will get momentum behind this and it will become a resolution at an SNP conference and many other conferences. So the power of the people is behind this. And it's just, just such a wonderful thing for us to say to people, what do you want now in, in your constitution? We're drafting it up. You can have an input. Powerful stuff. I love it. It is. Andrew, can you un unmute yourself? Yeah, sorry, I, I don't do video because uh, I just I don't. I just wanted to check. Have you approached other political parties then? At this present moment in time, we want to approach the people before we start uh, interacting with the political parties. But we actually have. Made, we've had a public launch. They know about it. We know, I have personally know individuals in the, in the Lib Dems and in the Labour who are familiar with it. So they know about it and they will be watching. But we do need to build momentum before we start making direct official contact with them. Yeah. Thanks. And just to follow up, how, how can we promote this for you? Talk to everybody you know. Anyone that isn't, if you can get interested in actually interacting and participating, please do so. Thanks. Brian Allen, could you like to ask your question? Can I just say first, thank you very much for all the work that's been put into this. And uh, I think it's amazing that what you've done. Um, and I'll certainly share it as much as possible within my groups. Um, I don't really have a question apart from that. Thank you. John, would you like to ask your question? Thank you. Um, there's just one thing that just occurred to me, which is this is all online, which is which is fine. And and I mean there are ways for people who aren't online to actually get round it, which is which is okay. One worry I've got is how do you protect the site and what's on it from you know the um the ungodly i mean trolls and whatnot and cyber security generally have you thought about that yes doesn't it yeah we've thought Sorry. about in in depth and mm, yeah good <laughs> <laughs> but in the main it is an open site yeah. we monitor it regularly if there's any inadvertent uh, comments it's up to uh, both the users 
and the actual uh, monitors to actually flag it up and we will remove it. Mm. But we do expect that there will be attacks eventually. So far, we haven't uh, suffered too much at all. Yeah, that's good. Thanks. Thank I, think, I think, Bob, just to uh, clarify a wee bit more on that, uh, we're, we're working with a, you know, a seriously uh, well-qualified and experienced IT professional. You know, it's not this group of IT amateurs who have been doing it. I mean, Ronnie, Ronnie has been leading the IT uh, side of us, but we are involved with someone, you know, who's, who, who has built in various uh, protections, uh, you know, against the, uh, you know, the obvious trolls and uh, and the like. Now, these things are never a hundred percent, but have taken precautions, as I say. Mm -hmm. Could I add a wee bit on security matters? J just to say that we, we take a copy every day of the site um, so that if um, a serious cyber attack were made and the site was taken down, we, we won't lose all the voting records and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, let me just add a little bit about voting, the voting process here. Um, everybody who, the, the main reason everybody has to register and have their email verified is so that we don't get multiple voting taking place um, and, and, and fixing uh, of, of set questions, etc. You only get one vote and if you try and vote twice on a particular section, you'll find that you, you just don't get anywhere. Um, but other, so, so there is really one vote per email registration. So it's someone who is not computer literate, um, but would simply need to have someone who has, who can arrange uh, an email address for them, and that gives them an identity which enables them to vote. All these votes are automatically, um, this is one of the features of the thing, they're automatically ranked. So the, the most popular, you just press a button on, on, on your section that you're interested in, and it will arrange all the amendments in order of most popular vote. And that is constantly changing all the time. So the most popular or uh, is there for you to see just at the press of a button. Bob, can I comment on something else that's on the chat? line here and um, Ronnie who's just spoken is our uh, treasurer so this is this is another really encouraging thing from Bridge and Colin here I mean they're my my big I'm joining their fan club tonight but question is do you need funds <laughs> so um, so Ronnie do you want to see a wee bit about the donating opportunities on the uh, on the website and how that works please okay uh, yeah um Preferably, the easiest way for most donors is to go to the About Us page on the site and you can actually make a, a modest donation uh, by PayPal um, or, or credit card. Um, ideally, you can offer as little as a pound a month. Um, five pounds a month is, is, is terrific. Um, and of great value to us. The cost of our IT operation to date is, is about five or six thousand pounds, uh, discounting all the volunteer hours that are put into it. But we're still we're still trying to recover uh, some of that. So we're very glad of any donations. 
Uh, yes, the, the console platform is, is an international <laughs> um, uh, thing that's been set up. It started in Madrid, um, strangely enough. Um, the city of Madrid decided they wanted to have all the citizens have their say in, in, um, in how the city should be developed. Uh, so they put together an IT team uh, and they, they set up this platform. Um, they, they invested quite a lot of money in it, but having done that, they then said that they would make it open to, uh, to the world to, to, to use for similar purposes. It'd be taken up by New York and oh, dozens of other city-states. Um, and then it's been developed beyond that um, by individuals, individual users such as ourselves coming in and say, we take hold of the the basic concept and, and processes which have been set up by console. And then we we we, um, we, we, we tickle away here and tickle away there and we trim the whole process um, uh, to, to suit ourselves. And as John, Bob said earlier, um, we, we, we've now got 170, 180 pages and scope for more. Um, in the format which I hope most of you have had a wee look at. Um, and that is, that is quite unique, but it is still fundamentally based on this thing that was done uh, 10 years ago by the city of Madrid. We haven't had anything from any institution so far. We are absolutely based on crowdfunding. And to, to be quite frank, we're, we're, we would far rather have crowdfunding than have uh, any obligation or alliance to any other organization which may have an axe to grind. Uh, if it's crowdfunded and it's absolutely focused on the individual citizen, then nobody can pull our strings. That's it's the question of getting it out, talking to people, let them know about it, getting more people involved and the operation will grow until we have sufficient pressure to actually take it to the official levels. Any other points? I can't see the chat list, so I, I can't say actually who's uh, asking the questions. Yeah, I'd like to just say, concur with the overall principle that we, we try and get this work finished. You notice I'm saying we now. We try and get this work finished before we present it to the politicians. Because in the end, the politicians like to do the ruling and they don't want to be told by the people what they want, do they? <laughs> so I think you're on the right tack. Definitely, Brian. Yeah. Fully endorse that statement. Good. Bob, on the, on the chat line, there's one or two people who uh, are planning to give uh, publicity to the, uh, to the project. Emily, Emily is saying that, um, going to um, information on the uh, women's page. Um, and there's other people offering to share it with various groups and I mean that's exactly what we're what we're needing um people to have a wee look at it uh, reassure themselves that it's not as complicated as it might sound it's a bit more um uh, interesting and it's not a kind of dull and dusty process and and hopefully they'll tell other people about it so there's a lot of encouraging comments on the chat line Good. there's a, a suggestion on the chat line about um schools would be another good point of contact and we've we've had a wee think about that in terms of modern studies or what it's called nowadays and I know there's a wee, there's a wee bit of weariness you know in um, depending on the teacher but I've certainly spoken to one or two 
uh, about it. Um, I mean, I think this basically depends on people's view as to whether this is political or party political or what it what it is. I would argue that it's certainly not party political, but it is political uh, because it's about the governance of the country. But I mean, so is modern studies. So I think there's I think there's a job still to be done there. And I think if we if we manage to get a bit of momentum built, then we might have a better chance of getting into schools. Um, I think, Bob, you had an interaction with uh, libraries, I think, in Aberdeenshire or something, Bob. That, That's right. Uh, and I've also been in contact with our local academy, well, with two uh, local academies. And uh, the actual head teachers there, they would like to get involved, but don't feel that their superiors would uh, look very kindly at this stage. Mm -hmm. But they think it was a good idea but they're not in a position to actually take it forward on their own at this time. It, it, is, a, um, it is a particular point that we, we registered as a Scottish charity for that particular point to be that we don't have any um, political acts to ground, otherwise we wouldn't be a charity. Mm -hmm. I can't remember who it was, is it Brian said earlier that um, how we need to move this forward, then that's exactly what we're looking for. It's not about the four of us that are here tonight. It's about building this from the people who live and work in Scotland. It's not an academic exercise. Um, it's not about anybody trying to build a reputation or a profile. We simply want to have a say in what our country becomes. Any other comments? N Norman Martin? Yeah, I'm just thinking that there's, there's people from all over the world in Scotland, and particularly the Commonwealth, uh, who have constitutions of their own, who'd be invited to pick over this to, to see whatever. It's like when you buy a house, you, you always. Uh, avoid the problems of your previous houses and then you discover other problems that you didn't know about. Uh, when I was in Australia, it was described as a lawyer's paradise because of the federal system. There was eternal bickering between the states and the federal government. Uh, I know we're not proposing that, but uh, there might there might be uh, people willing to uh, examine the, the, the problems of, that, that they were their own particular hobby horse at home uh, that we avoided. Mm -hmm. Remember, uh, oh, this last year, I actually was talking to uh, a lady in the um, Swiss embassy down in uh, London, and uh, she actually been contacted by a, a colleague of mine. And as she said, I'd love to make comment. She says, but I've got more comments against the, my own country's <laughs> constitution. And I was I said, well. You're probably the most uh, democratic country in Europe. She said, you might think so, we don't. I'm just thinking that our new Scots could, could have a voice in this. Hi. Well, one, one, of our, one of our earliest contributors um, is, is a very uh, erudite and, and uh, obviously something of a, uh, I don't know if he's a constitutional lawyer, but he's certainly a lawyer. And he, he is uh, centered, I think it's in Guatemala, is it not, Bob? Yes. Um, and he, 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 he is called Caledonian. Uh, that's his, 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 uh, 
his nom de plume. And uh, he, what, what he wants to see is that the Scottish diaspora who have to work abroad um, at the moment um, should still have a say in the constitution. And in fact, he's, he's put forward an amendment to the fact that um, it shouldn't just be rich Scots who are resident in Scotland who, who have a vote, but it should be Scots who are on the electoral register who should have the vote. So yes, the diaspora has a lot to say on these matters. Yeah. As part of the original uh, 22, one of them was actually a gentleman, I think he lived in um, Virginia, USA. And he had left Scotland about uh, 40 years beforehand. He's no longer with us, but uh, he was a very useful member of the original team. And he had his say, and he was, he actually used to pick holes in the, the US uh, constitution quite regularly. And he actually came from a, a legal background. Any other uh, chat issues uh, we can talk about? Patricia? Can, can you tell me, I, I wasn't here eh, when the last eh, vote was, you know, the last in, in independence vote. What stage did you get to on the Constitution then? Or is, it, is this all new completely? The actual Constitution was started in 2009 and was in fact uh, submitted at a meeting in Holyrood in 2013. And it was ignored completely by every political party. Oh, so they didn't raise it at all. They didn't do any work on having a constitution. They did, each political party did their own thing and they did not interface with us at all. You yourself, were you working on it then? Yes. Okay, okay. Right. We actually had a draft uh, constitution available when we actually, when I actually asked one of the MSPs to actually host a meeting for me at Holyrood. We oh. invited some 24 different public organizations, including four political parties, not one of the political parties sent a representative. Gosh. Wow. Yes. Mm. yes Bear in mind that a constitution is a job description for uh, politicians. And at the present moment, they are their own bosses. And uh, that's one of the problems that we have. Ah, uh, uh, right. We they get to do what like. they mm. don't. They want to do what their own thing without yes. being actually beholden to us. Oh, okay. What the constitution does is it actually sets the limits on the powers of politicians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cranky. No wonder Britain's in such a mess. <laughs> yes. Have one. We're one uh, of only three countries in the world which does uh, not have a written yeah. constitution. Can I come in with a, a, a comment from 2014? I happen to have the Scotland's future, do future document in front of me. Um, 
there is a couple of pages about constitution and the, the perhaps the key sentence the pre-independence legislation will place on the Scottish Parliament a duty to convene an independent constitutional convention to debate and draft the written constitution. Did folk hear that? Yeah, right. Yes. Um, so yeah. it was there. Um, well, I think we just carry on with our work and uh, present it once there's enough of us yeah. and it's at a, an advanced stage. Uh, Bob, there's uh, back to the chat line here. Um, there's a comment, comment from Campbell Cameron here who is saying if it's a people's constitution then we will require to get hundreds of thousands behind it before it's time to get the politicians involved uh, and of course that's um, correct and he makes the point that unless we achieve that then what we are doing is really just another pressure group and, and, and that's correct as well so mm -hmm. the, the only way this will have impact is if we're successful in getting an awful lot of people behind it Yes. Otherwise, it's just a, as Campbell says, it's just a pressure group. Exactly. Yeah. We've got Doc McKinley. Oh, hello. Um, it was just to um, say there had been a webinar the other night for the International Bar Association, and they were debating um, the, the implications of the Internal Market Bill um, for, you know, for the UK and also they've previously done it about Europe and so on. They're very concerned about um, everything that the, the Westminster government has been doing and how that challenges the rule of law. So they were beginning to talk about the importance of, of having a, a written constitution or, or not, basically. Um, but, you know, it was people like Helena Kennedy, Dominic Grieve, um, a Joanna Cherry and uh, oh I've forgotten the, the other participants but that webinar is still available and um, so if you look up the International Bar Association you, you would be able to get it so I'd, it may have implications for you know how receptive some people might be towards mm -hmm. the, the development of a, a written constitution. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you very much, Doc. We'll follow that one up. Yep, thank okay. you. Norman Cunningham. Good morning from New Zealand. Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> this has um, been really interesting in that um, I'm returning to Scotland soon. It was good to hear people mentioning the diaspora. Um, I came back last year to Scotland after many years working around the world and uh, based in New Zealand for a long time. Um, what I'd just like to, I'm coming back at the end of October, everybody says I'm mad because of the, the COVID thing, but uh, I think it's pertinent at the moment that New Zealand has this very high profile um, in the world because of their success with fighting the COVID. But um, I'd just like to say that New Zealand is not all, um, you know, it, it's not a land of milk and honey uh, as um people would like to think. They've got just as many social uh, problems here as uh, a lot of other people. I mean, a lot of people aren't aware, for example, that they've got the highest rate of teenage suicide in the world. Yeah. They've got massive um, child poverty, et cetera, et cetera. So the, this ties into the fact that also New Zealand does not have a constitution. Yes. So 
what I see and what I'm taking from this meeting this morning, uh, well, morning for me, um, is that this is a huge opportunity for Scotland to cherry pick in terms of a constitution, to look at what the rest of the world are doing in terms of uh, what they've got in, in terms of constitutions, what's good, what's bad, etc. One of the characteristics in New Zealand is that when things are proposed as solutions to some of these issues like house, housing, housing costs here are horrendous, you know, for young people to get on the housing ladder, it's just nigh on impossible, etc. Um, I've just sold my house here in New Zealand and we got um, offered massively more than I thought I would get. It's just crazy. But what I'm saying, in New Zealand, what often happens is that they look at the rest of the world and or the, the, when things are proposed that work elsewhere in the world for addressing some of these issues, they sit back and say, oh, no, well, we have to check and research whether that will fit New Zealand uh, conditions, whether it's applicable here, et cetera, et cetera. And usually these solutions get lost in the politi political um, washing machine somewhere. That, and we end, they end up just, uh, to my mind, making the same mistakes that other people around the world have made. And so progress here is like in wee bits and pieces rather than any major step forward to addressing some really serious issues. Now, for me, not having a constitution is a major part of the issues in New Zealand. One of the, the, the reasons I want to come back to Scotland, apart from the fact that it's home, um, and I've been away too long, is that the, the whole issue of independence and what comes after is probably the most exciting thing that's happened in my lifetime. And A, I want to be part of it, but B, this meeting this morning shows me that there's a, uh, and needs to be more of a movement towards this issue of the rules by which we are governed. And that's what essentially the constitution is, is all about. So we've got this amazing opportunity to, like I said, cherry pick and to make the, the best constitution in the world because it's brand new. And rather than fall into the, the same old routine of the, the biggest problem I see is the fact that we have for so long lived under the Westminster system, which has no constitution. So there's never been anything as opposed to say America, when you constantly hear things being debated as to whether it's constitutional or unconstitutional, it's not part of the um, debate in New Zealand or in the UK. So, you know, let's grab this opportunity. And the fact that it's taken a grassroots movement to try and push this forward just indicates how the lack of um, uh, ambition, if you like, of the independence movement as such, or the SNP, or the politicians, or whoever, that you know, so encouraged me greatly um, to for coming back and uh, doing my wee bit to help push this forward. But um, <laughs> anyway, I think I've said too much. So uh, uh, well said. Having lived overseas and in a lot of different countries, 
when I come back to New Zealand, it's one of the things that the attractions for people here is it's very benign. Um, you know, it's all, and it's a nice place. Everything's nice. And, but there's a, a myth that everybody buys into that this is, um, you know, the, the average person doesn't, has any, hasn't any contact with the social issues. They tend to be ghettoized. So, you know, whereas in Scotland, you, the social issues are much more in your face. Um, so, you know, I think we've got more of a chance of driving forward this idea of a constitution, which is, you know, at the moment, we're, next Saturday, we have an, a general election here in New Zealand. Um, and it looks like the Labour Party will have a, a, a massive um, win in, based on the back of one personality, the Prime Minister. Um, you know, people vote because they like the Prime Minister rather than voting on the policies, et cetera, et cetera. And how well she, she did in terms of um, possibly the COVID thing. So, you know, the people are very fickle in terms of the, the, what they decide to vote on or the, rather than the policies. And um, whereas a constitution will go a long way to raising the the issues that are really important um, in terms of the behavior of politicians and the lies they're allowed to tell. I mean, the the promises that they're allowed to make without following through, the, the whole electioneering business of, of uh, trying to achieve popularity rather than doing what's best for the country. And so this business of a constitution coming from the people, um, that, that to me is, is the best thing that I've heard about in terms of the whole post-independence issue. Catherine, did you want to ask a question? Yeah, well, it, um, um, it, it's really that I'm looking at the demographics of the group of us that are here. Um, and it's great, there's you know so much experience and wisdom coming to bear. But I was thinking that, um, you know, when we look at the, the, the nation as a whole, um, fortunately, it's the young people that are, we have the biggest percentage um, interested in independence, which is great, it's super. Um, and, and so they should, and they sh they're the ones who really should be very interested in being involved in a constitution because these are the folks who are going to benefit from it and live by it, you know, much more so than the rest of us, unfortunately. But um, I was just thinking that um, really, if we want to have um, more involvement, uh, you know, more people queuing up to have their voice in this constitution, we really need to try and engage the young people as well. And to my mind, we need to have within this group, um, you know, the group who are um, uh, trying to spread the word about becoming involved, we have to have young people in it because the young people are the ones who know how to communicate with their fellow peers. They know what works in technology. They know the sort of forums that there are that young people are involved in. Um, and you, I think we would need to bring folks like that into this group, encourage them to be in this group um, and share their expertise, whether it's technological or whether it's, you know, cultural, social sort of thing. 
um, to get through to the young folks, to bring them on board and, and to see um, what ideas they want for the constitution, because our ideas might not be quite the same as what the younger folk in the population want. You know, I think it's really quite important. I could quite agree, uh, Catherine, and I can assure you it's not for lack of trying. Uh -huh. But uh, the youth parliament have never responded. Young Scots organisations, not uh, responded. I've spoken to, in my own local area, I've spoken to a number of uh, youngsters. Oh yes, very interested, but they never come forward. Mm -hmm. And again, they're talking Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. Yeah. I'm afraid Lorraine's probably the only one that even knows what that's all about. I can assure you, we have tried, but at the present moment, we're just not really getting there. We've, we've all got families, we've all got, um, you know, children, grandchildren, um, and they all have pals and, um, you know, to try and encourage them and, and to use their expertise for us. Uh, I've got three uh, nephews, all very illiterate in the IT. Yeah. And, oh yeah, they think it's a good idea. They will not get involved at this stage. Don't ask me why. They just don't want to know. Mm -hmm. They just, as they said, look, we want to be able to buy a house now. They live in the now. They're not thinking long term like we are. We have tried and we'll keep on trying, but we're not having much success. Do you so, know, somebody, yeah. spoke, somebody spoke earlier on about um, Leslie Ruddock. Now, uh, Leslie Ruddock has a lot of knowledge about Scandinavian countries and how they involve, you know, across the community. Yes. Um, would it be worth, um, you know, asking her a wee bit about this? These countries um, bring on their youngsters and involve them because they do have community groups and so on that are very active, you know, in, um, well, in all the various councils that they have. We're stubborn now, fogies, and we're going to have another breakthrough. Yeah. And eventually we'll be taken over by the younger generation. Mm -hmm. That's the intent. Mm -hmm. But I think probably once we've got a, a, a stronger, you know, a date and such like, yes. the young people will come forward and then, then it will be in the schools and, and such like, and probably at that stage they will get much more involved. But at the moment, I think every yes group across the country is struggling to get the young involved. Can I just come in here again? Yeah. I've been, from afar, I've been uh, following very closely the whole common wheel yeah. um, movement. And um, they've done huge amounts of work. But I'm thinking now that I don't remember anything in the vast um, reams of, of information that, and proposals that they've put out, anything about a constitution. So... One question is, has anything, has anybody approached them uh, in terms of, uh, you, you know, getting their feedback or their thoughts on um, the constitution? And secondly, one of the big things I noticed is there's a lot of young people involved in Commonweal. They're running Zoom meetings to address things like uh, how, we, how they best communicate with people, how they best fundraise, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of the people 
driving that are, are young people. Um, so there is a, I'm just thinking off the, you know, I'm, uh, off the top of my head here is that if I, I actually think a lot of the Commonwealth stuff is very, very good, very progressive, this whole business of resilience, etc. And so obviously that has been attractive to young people to get them on board. And so if the you could use that somehow to introduce the whole concept of a constitution, um, that might be a way into that, um, that uh, demographic. Um, I think it's really important, the point the last person raised about um, really capturing that demographic, and it won't be easy. Just wondering if there's it from uh, Robert, if there's been any, um, what your feedback is on the Commonweal thing. We are working closely with Commonweal, and prior to the actual uh, lockdown with the COVID, Robin McAlpine, their director, attended practically every meeting we held in Glasgow. Mm -hmm. So he's fully up to speed with us. We stay yeah. in contact with him. In addition to the Constitution, we have actually worked with um, Commonweal on a number of uh, other projects. And not only that, we've uh, co-hosted the various meetings with Commonweal. At this moment in time, they're doing nothing directly on the Constitution because they know that that's our field. But having said that, they're fully aware of what we're doing and uh, we fully support their range of activities as well. Because oh, there's Commonweal are excellent. We've also got Business for Scotland. There's a, a number of very competent uh, organisations promoting uh, a whole range of issues for Scotland to look forward to. And it's all coming from, shall we say, the yes movement. There's nothing coming from the politicians. Okay. But we are in contact with them, and definitely. Robin, uh, well, we're in the, I would say, we, Robin and I are actually in contact at least every six weeks. Right. Well, that's encouraging. That's really good to know that, uh, that, uh, that, that you're aligning with people that I've already, I'm impressed by. So, okay. uh, Bob, can I just take you back to the um, to the chat here? Uh, various comments again. Um, one particular question you mentioned earlier on that you had read uh, 20 or 30 constitutions. Uh, are there any particular ones that, um, that, that had particularly interesting things that stood out? Well, the thing, one of the issues which, um, well, there are two issues which always attracted me, is that most countries split the power. There's not the centralised power that we have in this country. There's a clear autonomous division of power. Whether the, the um, Norwegian, the Swedish, Denmark, you probably all know them, but most people are probably not aware that the German constitution is one of the most devolved constitutions in the whole of Europe. And it was imposed on Germany, primarily written by the British. Right. So the, that is the, an aspect that we actually want to bring in, this division of authorities. Because this, a nation taking a decision at one level, on a national basis, that's suitable for certain issues. There are other issues which can only really be meaningfully done at local 
And then there are issues which for perhaps financial reasons can be done at regional level. Mm -hmm. This is one of the key issues that we actually require to move into here in Scotland. We used to have it until it was uh, removed for convenience by the Scottish office operating from uh, London. We want to get back there. Mm -hmm. The other aspect which always, always attracted me was the actual Swiss federal system. They don't have one person talking for a whole uh, four or five years. They have a different spokesperson per year. It does away with the personality issue. Most of you probably don't know who the actual current uh, equivalent of the prime minister in Switzerland is. I certainly don't. The next year is going to be a different one. It brings it back down into a shared responsibility. Uh, we've got Brian, Alan and John who both want to ask questions as well now. Anybody else got any questions? Well, in that case, I think that brings the meeting to a close, which is pretty perfect timing, really. We've got one minute left. Um, so just remains to say thank you to everybody for, for coming and thank you particularly to the four of you, the trustees of Constitution for Scotland. And thank you, Ruth, and your team for inviting us. You've been listening to Indie Live Radio's Yes Group Spotlight series of programmes, and that was a programme brought to you courtesy of Grassroots Open. Just like to say from the team here at Indie Live Radio, thanks once again for letting us share the content with our listeners. <laughs>